welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual Heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. Oh, um, something that I should have put up front. So I will, uh, let me grab the details. So, uh, something that we mentioned on Thursday's live stream on, uh, Viv Muse's Twitch channel is, uh, Daisy's Halloween extravaganza, the witch's house, something that she put on the last couple of years. And like last year, has expanded the witch's house again. We've got new uh, new creatures haunting the halls. And uh, let me read what she wrote in our Discord. Live haunts start this afternoon, which uh, this is time shifted. <laughs> Sorry. Today is uh, October 22nd, Saturday. So this weekend starts officially starts the haunts at the haunted house. Not all creatures will be out for every visit, so please come back so you can get to see them all, especially when we're giving away the treats worth 10 to 20 million each. And you get four if you go through each of the house's four paths, each worth a quick transfer over to sea. So uh, this takes place on the Everlasting Shard. The Witch's House is a base so when you go up next to a base portal and you go to enter, the code is BOO, B-O-O-1-7-1-8-9. It is now open. Live haunts starting today. Live haunts Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern. Weekends, 1 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern. And treats, trick-or-treat giveaway as the, the October 30th from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And October 31st, Halloween night, 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. Truly an experience like no other. Like I say, if you haven't done it in the past, this is so much fun. So many people come out, and because her bases are so detailed and so creative, um, it's really, really a good time. Agreed. The one, uh, the witch's house last year, I was, that's when I really realized what people were able to do with supergroup bases now. I was just... Absolutely flabbergasted. And last year, they discovered two things. Uh, she hit the limit on items you can place in a base. <laughs> I don't remember what the number was. It's really high, though. 10,000, 20,000 items, something ridiculous. Oh, it's so high that it, I don't think I, my brain can... And uh, maximum number of characters in a base at one time, which I believe was 300 during the costume contest. We, they, there were actually people couldn't get into the base and we didn't realize that was a thing. Are, did you, I'm sorry, I, I was doing, I was twiddling a knob when you, are they doing the costume contest inside the base again or are they doing it in an open zone? You know, the costume contest is uh, put on by the dollhouse. Um, X5 and doll put that on and let me look real fast. Uh, uh, X5 had announced that they are doing the contest on um oh here we go here's a little flyer for it exanthia and the dollhouse presents sunday the 30th of october halloween costume contest everlasting okay they're going to do it in croatoa 
That'll be fun. So, yeah. Everlasting Shard in Croatoa, Sunday, October 30th. There is no time listed. Oh, X. <laughs> Fine. Just, just There's just... no... Hmm. But they there will be over a billion influence given away. Okay, 9 p.m. Eastern, but the location may change. We were discussing that. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So um, okay, I guys. will... I'll update the patch notes with whatever updates they do. Um, and you can also hit up the Dollhouse's Discord, um, which I'll put in the show notes because it's a long code. <laughs> you can hit our Discord, too, and we'll share the information there. 100%. Yeah. And that's also, folks, when we're asking, when we're gathering questions for, like, when we have celebrities like Bopper come, mm -hmm. uh, that's where we're asking for those questions. Um, if we don't know in advance, like, when we're dropping one episode, if we don't have something planned for the next, then uh, the Discord is a way to keep up on what we're doing, pretty much. But, yeah, put both, actually put both of the Discords in there, ours and dolls. Absolutely. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the City of Heroes podcast. We've got issue 27, page 5, patch notes. As usual, this is Jirchen. I'm joined by my lovely wife, Vivid Muse. Hi. And this episode, we've got a special guest, one of our homecoming devs, Popper. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great. Hey, thanks. Welcome. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Popper works on, uh, you work on power stuff right superpowers i do so uh you're not you're not doing uh costume designs and you're not doing that stuff but the actual but I, I try not to yeah I, I do more of the uh get the numbers right make sure the mechanics are there you know i leave all the art stuff to other people right on very cool we know this um pat uh, page Five has come really quickly off the heels of page four, it seems like. You would uh, mention that there's concurrent development stuff happening, right? Different people doing lots of different things. That's right. Yeah. Page four went a bit long with, you know, just real life issues that kind of drag things out a bit. So development was uh, a little bit slower going from, you know, beginning to live. But during that time, we, we still worked on things in parallel. So a lot of these powers or quality of life ideas were being developed on the side. They were obviously not going to be lumped into page four, but once page four was released, we were able to hit the ground running and just went straight to beta with page five, all the power stuff. Very cool. Uh, and I think we're actually, we're just going to jump straight into it. The, uh, the page four patch notes, I think it was what, just over two and a half hours. Well, can I ask a question? <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I was just wondering, is there anything like in your background and stuff like that? Like what led you to do this? Was, are you a math nerd? Are you a programming nerd? Like what, what, what led you to doing this completely like voluntary, like there's no pay included this. It seems like it would be a, a huge responsibility and project. What led you to do to, to donate your time like this? Uh, well, my my background is a bit of a math nerd. I, I'm an engineer by trade. I am competitive as well. So uh, <laughs> when it comes to gaming, uh, I'm one of the min-maxers you know, out there. So I, I try to find where I can maximize my capability in a game. So I get really into the details on how the game works. So I 
devoted a lot of time to testing just on my own and learn more about how this game works and what, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? And try to get more information. So over time, I just learned quite a bit about it. Uh, I have a bit of a knack for testing. That's also in my, uh, my real life background. I, I do flight test engineering. So uh, I just applied, you know, my trade to the game. And, you know, as part of my hobby, it just grew from there. And, you know, I was eventually asked to if I had interest in joining the team. And I, I did. It was an opportunity I definitely didn't want to pass up. But overall, I mean, my skill set has nothing to do with the game. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I know next to nothing about how games should work. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big, you know, game player outside of this game and, you know, other games I've played in the past. But uh, I, mean, I wouldn't say I have the most extensive MMO background. I wasn't playing Warcraft or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was this game. And then, you know, when this game shut down, I, you know, had a brief, you know, relationship with DCUO, you know, just to kind of get my fix for superheroes. <laughs> um, laid there for a little while, I think. <laughs> absolutely. So when I came back to it, uh, I just, you know, the love and, and just how much I missed it, I, it really took a, a hard shift with my hobbies. And it's like, I want to focus so much on this game and, it, you know, just took my time there and, you know, I, I grew from it. Here I'm at. Very cool. So you, you played live. The, yeah, go ahead, Shooch. Oh, I was just so obvious. It's just, you did play live. What uh, did you have a main shard? You know, I don't recall it. Uh, I was, I was not as uh, into the game or the forums or you know, it, it like I am now. Back then, mm -hmm. you know, I was younger, mm -hmm. as a little bit more casual. Uh, I, I found a super group, but honestly, I can't even tell you which, uh, <laughs> which shard I played. Right on. Uh, I, I think I only played about a year and a half to two years on live. Um, so my homecoming time is far exceeds oh, what okay. I did back then. Right on. Is the one and was that at the at the tail end? Like, did you play it when it's sunset or in the middle somewhere? It, it was in the middle. So uh, my my friend introduced me to the game. So I knew of the game early on, but I wasn't really into it. I was more of a Madden player than a ah, sure. MMO. So uh, eventually, he got me to come on when AE came out. So issue fourteen. Oh, because fine. he knew how, uh, you know, just the games we played. I always liked designing missions and, mm -hmm. you know, run campaigns and that sort of thing. So he got me hooked with that. But it turned out I never really got into AE. It's just I got into the game. So I played for <laughs> about a year and a half, which I think took us to when Incarnate started to be introduced. Like the, the mm -hmm. Alpha Incarnates, but not yeah. Tier 4. I think it was like two tiers at the time. So around then is when I kind of stepped away and started, you know, refocusing on school and such. And then, yeah, the game shut down and, you know, I missed out on sure. on it for about a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we all? Yeah. And did you hear about uh, Homecoming right away when it... Uh, that same friend, he called me up away? and said uh, the game was back and you were able to play it. I was so disappointed. I was out of town at the time. Oh. So I couldn't wait to, you know, drive back home and download the game. So yeah, that was what late May of 2019. Yeah, I, I remember oh, a few. Actually, yeah. Remember a few. Oh, when uh... I got bored. Oh, got you, got you. <laughs> well, that's not too late though. That's awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah, I remember a few different uh, threads with friends of you know I'm not near a computer. I can't. What 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 are you seeing? What it? 
like, they're wanting to live vicariously. I, really see, but I gotta go. <laughs> well, I'm going to speak for the people of Homecoming and say thank you, Popper. I'm so glad that you all connected and that you're a part of this because it's just been so fun. And I think one of the things, like, I honestly did not expect to be playing the game. What is it? 2019. So three and a half years after Homecoming stood up and we logged in for the first time, it never occurred to me. I thought we would have maybe a month before we were shut down. Right. So having it go this long and then y'all adding new content and power sets and all of these things, it's just like the yeah. freest, most wonderful candy that I've ever, <laughs> ever offered me. I cannot deny it. It's so yummy. <laughs> thank you so much for everything that you're doing. All the I'm I'm so glad it's something that fits into your into what's fun for you because it, it it what you talk about is most of it makes no sense to me. The min maxing and stuff. That's one of the last few terms that I'll understand in that conversation. Right. <laughs> but, um I just I just it's one of the things I love about this game is that it gives so many people so many different things that they love. Yeah. And it's just so cool to see your aspect of it too. And the the, the power set, the proliferation of the powers, and these even these new powers that are coming out is just blows me away that we're just getting this new stuff like you know, uh, yeah. The community is amazing. The community has always been amazing. I think we've always, all of us have always said that, that there seems to be something different about the people that are drawn to this game. Yeah. Well, the team is definitely strong. I mean, you know, shout out to everyone who participates. You know, we, we have a lot of new devs. Cobalt's been around a little bit longer than myself. And we mm -hmm. also have Player One and Caretaker. And, and there's so much work that, is being done by them and, and it's really nice quality and very exciting yeah. to see what's coming up and we're adding more folks to the team as we speak and we have plenty of plans coming down the line for new powers and power sets so awesome yeah, stay tuned very cool did you want to uh, jump into the patch notes or or um there were, were a couple questions in our discord i don't know what order um, we should well i i will let you decide uh, let's see if it, uh, so we actually only had a couple questions. One from Primi. I read that the blitz and parkour stance animations were found in the game as part of work Paragon Studios were doing on the land utility belt origin pool. So one, is this true? Do you know? And two, does this have any bearing or effect on the utility belt pool being developed and or released? It's true. Those stances were already in the game. Uh, so we, we did bring them out. Uh, Cobalt ran with that. Um, as far as the utility belt pool, that is still in the works. Uh, you know, it, it'll just take time getting the right effects and deciding how we want the that pool power set to look. So I, I have no ETA on when that would be released. Sure. Uh, it's not being worked on immediately, but it's something I keep poking at and taking a look. But where the graphics are right now, I'd say, yeah, we, we'll need to put some focus on it and decide okay. on how we want it to look in the end. And, but it'll come eventually, that and gadgetry. And gadgetry, cool. Uh, next question comes from Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Uh, my question is, questions are kind of cliche, <laughs> but <laughs> am curious. One, in my opinion, City of Heroes has always been the best MMO that continued and continues today to add new stuff and fix things that don't really work well. 
Is there something another MMO does that you'd like to see COH implement as well? Well, like I said, I, I have not played many MMOs, but mm -hmm. going back to DCUO, the one thing, two things I think I would like to see in the game is uh, their movement powers, how, how they have the grappling hook and able to swing, as well as wall climb. I would love to see mm. that get implemented in our game. Very cool. Yeah, swinging would be awesome. And that would open up so many role play things. And I think from uh, Champions Online, the only travel power that I I missed was the tunneling. Yep, that's what I was going to say. That's the only thing that I really missed from Champions is that you could tunnel like Bugs Bunny style. It was great. <laughs> but I think City of Heroes does everything else better than either of those two games. Like, yeah, so I really, I can't even complain. I don't need a tunnel. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle's question two, page four is still kind of new and page five just came out, but there is, uh, is there anything the dev team is currently thinking about for the next update that you're allowed to talk about, of course? And do we usually know how soon after the update goes live, do talks begin about what to add or fix next? All right. Well, um, for the next update, we are, you know, as standard, we are still looking at introducing some new power sets. Uh, we just got done with a partial revamp of Masterminds, which we'll get into here Ooh. a little bit when we touch on mm -hmm. page five mm -hmm. patch notes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue through that work, looking at the power sets that were not touched, as well as um, a general revamp of masterminds. We've been trying for a while to do an even level of summons. As you know, you summon pets and they're levels below you. I want to bring that up to equal level. But with that, there comes a lot of balance concerns. We want mm -hmm. to make sure that, okay, what are the scales at now? We're going to need to adjust some, some of their attributes, you know, class files. And uh, yeah, and, and that needs to be done in unison with uh, the upcoming proc changes. So one of the issues we were running into early on, back when we first looked at Masterminds, I think it was on page three, even though we had adjusted all of the even level scales for Masterminds, mm -hmm. because rocks weren't touched and the way Purple Patch works, that was going to be a big boon on Mastermind performance. So we need to go back and look at how just bringing up masterminds to be even level, play with procs, and how can we make sure we're not, you know, doing too much power creep in that regard. So, sure, yeah. So we are looking at those two things right now for the next page. Um, we have some power sets in mind, uh, a couple of other uh, smaller scale revamps of power sets that exist, and hopefully there's going to be plenty of new uh, content there there's no stories in page five that were added to the game mm -hmm. uh, there were a couple that just didn't quite uh, meet our deadline needs so those are going to be looked at again for the next page and hopefully some other arcs as well so right now that's yeah vague but it, it's what we're looking at for the next page uh, hopefully sometime you know early enough next year sure I really love the content you guys have created. It's been really interesting and fun. Oh, thanks. I'm sorry. Was there a second part to that question? Did I, did no. I touch on it? I think that was, well, I was just saying like how, how long after a release do you start talking about new stuff, but it sounds like it's just a, 
constant constant debt, right? You don't really have a start stop. Right, everything's in parallel. So a lot of stuff that came out in page five, we were talking about and looking at back in page three. So it's just when are things in a good enough state uh, to go to beta and we see if it'll you know reach open beta and then eventually live. Sometimes things get you know knocked off early on and get you know looked at again in the future. But mm -hmm. uh, th there's no serial development. Everything you know, there's no gap. You know, once we're done, now what's the next idea? Everything's kind of pre-planned, and it's just all right. What's going to be best for the next page? And we start talking about that. Very cool. I think those are the only questions we had. All right. Well, shall I get going on the? On the patch notes. Yeah. What is in this juicy update? I'm not going to read every single line. The ones that get into like, you know, little percentages. Um, I'm probably not going to read percentages. I'm probably going to summarize in some places. And if I summarize something that you want to talk about or you want to expand on, Bopper, just feel free to interrupt. Sounds fun. Okay. Can't wait to interrupt <laughs> you. <laughs> Shooch is so good at it. I can't wait to see how you how you do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, comedy's all about oh, timing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alrighty, well, let's get into these page five patch notes. This is issue 27, page five, and there's a lot of fun stuff in here. The highlights, marquee features, Sentinel archetype revamp, Sentinel proliferation, seismic blast and stone armor, Dominator proliferation of illusion control, and PvP in supergroup bases, which I'm dying to try. Uh, so let's see, starting out with the powers and gameplay adjustments, we've got power set revamps for masterminds with mercenaries, Necromancy, Ninjas, and Robotics. For Melee, Battle Axe and Fiery Melee. For Armor, Fiery Aura. And for Support, Force Fields. Quality of Life changes include Level Ability... Nope. Level Availability changes. <laughs> Stealth, Toggle, Exclusivity, Removal. For Character Customization Improvements, we've got Holstered Weapon System for Arachnos, Assault, Munition, Mercenary, Mastermind, Refiles. Nope, Rifles. Refiles? <laughs> what the Refiles. Hell? It's just too early to be messing up words, y'all. Wave 2 Ether Prestige Rewards. Um, tier 1 is Standard Costume Selection Expanded. Tier 2 Legacy Costumes Enabled and Selection Expanded. Tier 3 is Premium Costumes Enabled and effect reward additions. Tier four is deluxe costumes added, that five functionality added to Ether acc Accolade Macro. And then there are various additions and enhancements. New mini signature vanity pet edition. <laughs> I love these. Heckin' adorable. It's so cool. <laughs> and there's just so much more, you guys. There's just more, more, more. Um, let's see, for the Sentinel archetype revamp, uh, the changes to Sentinel attributes. I'm going to read some of this, not every bit of it. More. This is mainly to give you, to give listeners a chance to see what's changing. If you are like uh, Bopper and you're a min-maxer and you want to know every little percentage, you're going to be reading this anyways. You're going to yeah. have this open with your calculator and your spreadsheet and 
whatever min maxers use. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. I'm, 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 yeah, I, my brain doesn't expand that. that big. And to, um, to see everything, we'll have a link on the show notes, but you can go to homecomingservers.com and right there in the, under the forums, you'll see patch notes. So it's really easy to find. Yep, it is. So let's see, we have, uh, so for the changes to Sentinel attributes, we've got ranged and melee damage modifier increases. We've got fixed, uh, there's fixed PVP. There was a fixed to PVP ranged damage modifier. Ooh, 50% stronger. That's 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 a big enough percentage to note. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a fiddly bit. Not a fiddly bit. Adjusted <laughs> any damage scales that were set 50% too high to compensate. Yeah, basically this one was a uh, bug that existed for a while. The, um, the damage modifier was set too low but we were compensating for it in the files by setting the damage to be 50% higher. So since we were touching Sentinels already, I decided to just go through and uh, fix it. Nice. So it's it shouldn't be too much of a change. Um, you may find some epic range attacks that probably got stronger, but for the most part, we're just trying to make the powers do what they were intended to do. Very cool. The base perception uh, increased from 500 to 550 feet. Max perception increased uh, a little over 100 feet. In both both cases, these are 10% increases. 10%, yeah. And that's just to, again, to balance things out as they should have been. Uh, this is more to uh, speak to kind of where, where we see the identity of a sentinel. You know, Sentinels kind of are soldiers who keep watch, so it made sense to give them a perception buff or a superior uh, perception capability over other ATs. Oh, nice. I like that. That makes sense. And then changes to the Sentinel inherent. Sentinels have an inherent resistance to perception and to hit debuffs. Oh, nice. Opportunity builds automatically at a rate of 100% per minute. Apologies for my phone beeping. Let me shut that up. Sentinels now have an inherent power called vulnerability. That was the opposite of shutting it up. I picked it up and it made more noise. <laughs> <laughs> vulnerability consumes 50% of your opportunity to debuff a, a single target for 15 seconds. Vulnerability is auto hit and ignores level differences. And vulnerability debuffs the following. Damage resistance, defense, mez resistance, stealth, Resistance to Endurance, Endurance Discount, Recovery, Regen, Two-Hit, and Recharge. Removed Old Opportunity Debuff Effects, modes from T1, Tier 1 and Tier 2 powers. Removed Old Inherent Proc. Removed Old Offensive Defensive Opportunity Modes. Anything there you guys want to talk about? Sure. Uh, Chooch, I'll, I'll start with you, yeah. but I, I can jump in with... No, it's so, other than being excited to jump in and try it, because I haven't been on my Sentinel in a minute. <laughs> and I really like Sentinels, and these changes look really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, the goals for this revamp are, are fairly simple. We wanted to increase the damage and simplify the inherent. So uh, it was important to keep as much of the identity intact as possible. So mm -hmm. keeping the marked target mechanic was highly desired. Uh, so... Uh, one of the other things we want to do with the inherent, we wanted to give players full agency over the debuff. So we moved it out of the T1 and T2 attacks 
and just made it its own cliff power. So you use it when you want to at your convenience. Cool. Uh, we wanted to keep the nuisance of having to use a click to activate the debuff at a minimum. So we did set it to a zero second pass time. So it's instantaneous. Uh, there is currently a redraw issue. Uh, we are looking at that and hopefully we can address it in this page. But uh, you know, that's an unfortunate outcome from this. Uh, another thing we want to do was expand on the identity of the Sentinel. So I kind of mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. Sentinel's our soldier who keeps watch. So we decided to play on that by giving Sentinel's superior perception and an inherent resistance to perception and to hit debuffs. Mm -hmm. uh, we also wanted to change how opportunity is built up. So instead of having to attack to generate opportunity, it recovers much like uh, your endurance ball. You know, same base okay. rate, 100% in a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, this is useful as you can gain it while outside of combat, traveling between mobs, and it allows you to use your non-attacks without fear of losing out on opportunity buildup. So we were thinking of these as quality of life improvements to the archetype, and you know, hopefully it translates to the game. Cool. Yeah, it looks really, it looks really promising. I mean, Chooch and I agree that Sentinels are fun to play anyways. Mm -hmm. I think they're really solid and fun. I play a lot of Defenders and Controllers, so I don't have as much of a, an expectation of Uphide and, and, and stuff like that. Like, they are way tougher than, than what I usually play. But I just think they're super fun. And this is just, like, I built a Sentinel, a, um, a seismic stone sentinel i just haven't played her yet and this is just making me want to play her even more we might have to change our plans for tonight's gaming group <laughs> so other changes uh consistency pass completed on powers not following sentinel design rules opportunity strikes proc now ignores combat mods purple patch in parentheses there to normalize the changes made to the sentinel inherent opportunity strikes proc now grants 7.5 opportunity for regular and 10 opportunity for superior. Yeah, and that change was uh, mostly due to the change to the inherent uh, in-game uh, previously on live. You kind of had a, a 30 second cycle for using your opportunity. It took you on mm -hmm. average typically about 15 seconds to build up your bar and then you would debuff a target for 15 seconds. But over that 15 seconds, you were locked out. So you're looking at a 30 second period. Oh. where you built up and used your debuff uh, on on live previously so i can't say on live anymore and the previous build <laughs> uh this ato gave you uh 25 opportunity for the regular version and 35 for the superior version the speed at which you would build up your opportunity was roughly about seven opportunity per second so that proc basically gave you about three and a half to five seconds worth of opportunity so this change is just keeping more in line with that. Keeps it about four seconds and six seconds worth of opportunity buildup. Awesome. And then uh, for Sentinel Proliferation Seismic Blast, a new primary for Sentinels. The version does not have the Tombstone power, and it is instead replaced with Gravestone. Um, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and read it because I'm really excited. I've, I have been putting off Seismic forever, and I think that it was I, it's because I'm meant to play a Seismic Sentinel. Um, it says you can manipulate earth and stone to defeat your foes. The crushing force of many earth powers can reduce a target's defense. Being of the earth, you are the most powerful while on the ground. While grounded, your attacks increase the seismic pressure. As your seismic pressure increases, the cooldown of other seismic blast attacks is reduced 
and your chances of triggering seismic shockwaves around you also increase. These seismic shockwaves will have a chance of knocking back foes and, while standing on the ground, empower some of your attacks. Rock shards will have its area and damage increased. Seismic force will decrease the cooldown of all recharging seismic blasts attacks by a moderate amount. The lag might will deal a large amount of damage. Um, and I'm not going to get. A, I'm not going to read each of the descriptions for each of these, but the powers that we've gotten in this set um, are Encase, which is a ranged damage smash, Batter, which is a ranged damage smash, Rock Shards uh, is a ranged cone damage lethal, minus defense, minus special. I guess I wasn't reading the others. So on those others, the foes were being <laughs> debuffed, jump, fly, and defense. And on this one, it's defense and special. If effective. By seismic shockwaves, this power will halt the shockwaves. Upfront damage will be increased and damage over time accelerated. Those will be knocked down. Range will be in increased to 60 feet and arc to 40 degrees. Uh, rock shards grants two stacks of seismic pressure. Okay, so that's what we're stacking here at seismic pressure. Yeah. And then entomb is a range damage smash. So um, minus jump, minus fly, minus defense. Seismic Force is a self uh, two-hit damage range increase and special. Um, let's see. If affected by seismic shockwaves, this power will halt the shockwaves and will decrease the cooldown of the recharging seismic blast attacks by a moderate amount. And then we've got um, Upthrust, which is a targeted AoE, damage smashing, minus fly, minus defense, and a chance to knock down, which we all know. Oh, it's knocked down, not knocked back. Yay! Oh, but then the description says it can knock back at enemies. Yeah, and that might actually be a typo, because I believe Shockwaves is a vector of knockdown, if I recall correctly. Okay. I'll check that for you right now. All right. Uh, <laughs> actually, it is just knockdown. Okay. Cool. It, it is actually vector knockdown, but it's the same magnitude that knockdown would do anyways. So, Shockwaves does not do any knockback. It's impossible. Fantastic. That'll keep me out of trouble with my uh, tanky types. <laughs> It, well, it should. I'm sure I'll get in trouble for other things. <laughs> so for Gravestone, it's a ranged damage smash. Foe minus jump minus fly. The lag might. Ranged damage smash. Uh, foe disorient and special. Meteor ranged location. AOE damage smashing. Foe knockback. I'm going to read this one because it's just so dramatic. You call down a meteor strike from the sky at a specified location. All targets within 30 feet are caught in the blast radius, taking extreme damage and being knocked the heck back. <laughs> I added the heck. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, that just looks, I just had, I just like pictured it and I'm like, oh, I gotta get to that level so I can see that. That's gonna look cool. And that one is actually a uh, typo that Bopper caught just before we started recording that is not reflected on your sheet. It's actually 25 feet, not 30 feet. Okay, so it's all targets within 25 feet are caught in the blast radius. That's still that's still a heck an amazingly large radius that I would I need to see that happen. <laughs> it is larger than than most Sentinel nukes. Uh, the standard is typically twenty foot radius, so yeah, this one got a bonus five feet. Nice <clears throat> Sentinel proliferation stone armor. New secondary for Sentinels. This version of the set does not get access to mud pots. Instead, it has a new power called Terra Firma. You can transform your skin into various forms of rock and stone. Stone armor is one of the few sentinel defensive power sets. 
it offers defense to psionic. That's exciting, because I don't like being held, yo. I really don't. <laughs> I will carry a tray full of break freeze just for that reason. And then we have powers. Our uh, rock armor is a toggle. A self-increase to defense for lethal and smashing and a resistance uh, debuff, debuff defense. Stone skin uh, is auto. Uh, self plus resistance to all but psionics plus defense to all but psionics. Earth's Embrace uh, is a self plus HP, so it's it's your little heal button. Um, resistance to Toxic increases your maximum hit points and grants you resistance to Toxic damage. And then Terra Firma is an auto self increase to two hit, accuracy, range, and resistance to two hit, I guess, debuffs. Right. And this is a unique power for the Sentinel version of Stone Armor. Yeah. So it, it only works while you're on the ground, but it does give you about a 15% increase to your range, which is nice for Sentinels. You don't have as much range as, you know, Blaster, Defenders, etc. Uh, but you also get an increase to your accuracy. You can slot it for to hit uh, enhancements, and you'll buff your to hit, as well as have a resistance to, to hit debuffs. Oh, I like that. That's going to be really helpful. Yeah. And that is just, yeah, it's, that's a perfect translation for a Sentinel, I think. That's that's cool. And then we have Rooted, which is a toggle uh, for yourself. That gives resistance to knockback, sleep, disorient, hold, endurance, drain, and debuff defense, and uh, plus regen. I love the way that this stuff is written. While the power is active, you merge with the earth and draw forth its power to become resistance, knockback, and... All the other oh. things. Just <laughs> love how it reads. <laughs> Crystal armor toggle, self uh, increase recovery, defense to against negative and energy resistance. Uh, it resists the defense debuff. And oh, this one's really pretty. This one is the various quartz crystal. Your skin becomes encrusted. That's when it gets really pretty and sparkly. <laughs> And then uh, minerals, you get toggle, self-increase to recharge, defense psionics, resistance against confuse, and then um, increased perception. Oh, this is the one where you get the you get several rare earth rock minerals to orbit around you. They can disperse thought patterns and make psionic attacks less likely to hit. They bring clarity of the mind, increasing the recharge time of your powers, increasing perception, and making you resistant to confusion. And that's the minerals toggle. Cool. Brimstone armor toggle is this, uh, obviously for yourself. It um, grants resistance to cold, fire, toxic, and special. See. Helps your attack, sets your enemies on fire, delivering damage over time. And then the geo toggle. I don't know if you want to talk about the, the sub bullet points on here, the DOT damage. Uses AT modifiers, range damage for attacks with base ranges greater than 20 foot, and melee damage otherwise. Yeah, in this case, it doesn't matter too much because Sentinel's melee and range damage modifiers are set to the same at 1.1 scale. Uh, but how the dot works is it's based on the cast on the attack, and all of your attacks will get this, uh, where... <clears throat> the, the amount of damage the dot will do, the damage over time, will scale somewhere between something between zero and three seconds. So treat it as a constant DPS increase to your attacks. doesn't matter what attacks you do, fast, slow, 
you know, other than Arcana Time coming in, it's pretty much going to be the same DPS for any attack you use. Very cool. And then we've got the Geode, which is a toggle, uh, self uh, increase regen, recovery, invulnerable, self hold. So is this like um, the hibernate in the in the ice powers? It is. Geode? Mm -hmm. It's a lot like it. It, it creates a pet around you, so you're you know, untouchable during this time. But the enemies can attack your, you know, the geode, and it'll break away, and eventually its hit points will, you know, be defeated and mm -hmm. pop out of it. But while you're inside of the geode, you will be able to build up the uh, geothermal powers, which mm -hmm. are used by the Brimstone Armor's dot proc. So as you're inside, you can build up the strength for your damage over time when you pop out of it. And you could do as much as, I believe, 2.2 times more damage than uh, you typically would. Sweet. Nice. Wow. Pardon me, guys. I'm going to hop in my geode real quick. <laughs> I promise I'll help as soon as I, I'm all powered up. That sounds fun. Is there anything else you wanted to add about the Sentinel uh, additions? Because those are, those are pretty big and pretty fun. I don't really have much to add. Um, <laughs> you know, with Sentinels, they typically will use Stalkers as a template for how their sets would be. It's just instead of having Hide, it gets replaced with something unique. In this case, it was Terra Firma. Um, going back to Seismic Blast, I, I'd say there's nothing really there to add. I mean, like you said, it's a ranged damage set that does smashing damage. Uh, typically, it has a lot of minus defense debuffs, as well as minus fly. So even though you're going to be grounded, you can knock folks out of the sky and bring them mm -hmm. to your level. It'll make a lot of people happy. <laughs> and that's going to be a real playstyle change for me because I'm usually the person that's in flight mode just so that if I get knocked down, I just spin. I don't actually go flying across the map, right. you know? <laughs> so well, Luckily, Sentinels have uh, knockback resistance, so you mm -hmm. should be okay. Yeah. Can't wait to try her out. Then we move on to Dominator Proliferation, Illusion Control. This is a new primary for Dominators. This version of the set does not get access to Spectral Wounds, nor Group Invisibility. Instead, it has new powers called Spectral Wall and Gleam. Also, Dominator's version of Phantom Army has its pets not taunt, but rather have attacks utilizing Mez and Soft Control effects. You can manipulate oh, light and sound to manifest all sorts of illusions, aiding your allies as well as deceiving your foes. It's pretty wild having a having a controller pet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. Um, and then for powers, let's see, we've got uh, there's blind. I guess these are going to be really similar to what we've seen for controllers so far, other than the two that were mentioned. So blind, and then we've got spectral wall which is a damage over time psionic foe immobilized minus two hit. It creates an illusionary wall of specters that prevents enemies from moving. Moving, As the foe is surrounded, they take psionic damage over time. And then we've got deceive, ranged, foe confuse, spectral terrors, summon, uh, see ranged, yeah, ranged fear minus two hit. Superior invisibility, which is I mean, chef's kiss. I mean, that is like... <laughs> One of your favorites. Old standard. 
And then we've got Gleam, which is a ranged targeted AoE, damage, psionic, foe disorient. Uh, multiple flashing lights go off around enemies, disorienting and damaging them. Gleam deals minimal psionic damage and can disorient all affected targets for a good while. And then we've got Phantom Army. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it because it's a little different. Um, it's ranged damage psionic. You can fabricate three Phantom Heroes around the targeted foe. These phantoms are not real and are indestructible. They deal real they Though they deal damage, it is illusory and will heal if the victim survives long enough. Phantoms are short-lived and cannot be buffed or healed. Is that true for the phantom army for controllers? Is it like that <clears throat> uh, spectral wounds, that fake injury where they will heal up again? Have I never I, noticed that? I can double check, but I believe that yes. is the case. I think the heal back is static. So if you enhance the damage, mm -hmm. it doesn't enhance the heal back. So you, you can still okay. have a net gain there. Okay. So Interesting. Funny. Just, it's funny if that's true because I've been here <laughs> since live and I've just never noticed. Yeah. I guess they don't live long enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing is we just roll through <laughs> things too yeah. fast, which is great. That's exactly how it should work, right? And then, of course, uh, since the Dominators, the uh, attacks do Mez and soft control effects instead of taunting, which is exciting. And then there's also the Flash PBAOE Foeholds, which is fantastic. I love that power. Phantasm, um, summon Phantasm, range damage, smash, energy, and psionic. So I know I know a lot of people that have been talking about being able to play, being able to play Illusion as a Dominator. I know a lot of people making them. And I really have enjoyed it as a controller, so I'm glad to see more people playing it. Yeah, it definitely was one of the more popular requests for proliferation. Um, the challenge was always going to be Phantom Army, especially with its hunting capability. Mm -hmm. uh, we just felt it would be too strong for a Dominator. So we, when Powerhouse presented it, uh, we were all a bit surprised that Phantom Army actually stayed. Um, it, it was tweaked, and I, I like how the tweak was done. Uh, definitely has its own flavor. Uh, doing mm -hmm. the soft control and mez, uh, that's you know a, a nice substitution. If you try it out, it plays pretty well. Oh, I'm definitely gonna be trying it out. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite build. I created her for soloing, and she really has been a lot of fun to solo with. And then, of course, also teams. But let's see. And then, so then we get to PvP and supergroup bases. Yeah, this was an interesting surprise. Yeah. And they note big thanks to at CR America's Angel for the guide write up. But um, our bullet points are pretty clear. PVP raid functionality has been added to supergroup bases. It is not the same legacy base rating that existed briefly back in issue six, but rather the ability to initiate PVP activities within supergroup bases. And then they've included a guide for setting it up. Um, there are, let's see, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and read it. I'm excited. So there's two <laughs> new revive rings that have been added to the base editor under arcane medical and tech medical settings. They allow you to set up respawn points. Um, there's a revive ring for during the raid, attackers in attackers versus defenders. And then there's the uh, revive rings regular defenders in attacker, attackers versus defenders or everyone in regular free-for-all. And there's a bunch of caps in here specifying that this is terminology that you'll have when you do your 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 raid settings. 
If no revive rings are placed, players will respawn at the base portal. Heroes and villains can now team in bases. When PvP is active in a base, there are uh, commands that are disabled, including slash stuck, slash enter base from passcode, and slash edit base. Slash arena list using the LFG queue and using the teleport to contact feature have not been disabled as these all still work in PvP arena zones just fine. NPCs that sell inspirations should be disabled, as in you cannot have the store open during a raid. All storage except the vault has been disabled. Um, so enhancement bins, salvage bins, etc., because they allow players to force a map server in high item bases. Oh. The dimensional shard and base portal have been tweaked a little to stop them from interfering with revive rings. I'd advise base builders to check that these items are not misbehaving. They seem to work fine from, from the, the writer's testing. Items that can be destroyed, turrets, etc., respawn when the base resets. A base reset is when the base has been empty for 15 minutes and the zone unloads. Vandalism to bases is not possible. And placed NPCs can be hit, but they are indestructible. This is working as intended. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> One of our servers, I've just got like six of each or eight of each in a, in like little right. clusters, and like I just like that's gonna that's gonna be like a mob scene. That's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I wanted to add real quick that in the actual patch notes, um, when it mentioned the the guide and write up. I took it out of our notes document, but there are screen captures on all of the setup screens for SG to set this up. It shows all the different options, all the different sliders and everything. So if you want to get into that, uh, hit those patch notes. Yeah, you're definitely going to hit the patch notes to get into the depth of that. And there's been a lot of discussion on the forums as well. I have not delved, but there was there was a lot of discussion going on. So moving on to powers and gameplay adjustments. For mercenaries, um, let's see. I'm just going to read what was fixed, and then I'll skim and see if there's anything worth reading. Anything with a lot of numbers, I'm going to skip. Sorry, number crunchy. <laughs> I'm going to be reading it anyways. Uh, burst slug and M30 grenade. Um, let's see. I've had a revamp. Each of these attacks applies a focused fire tag on the target. And uh, the, the, the power's tag will increase mercenary range damage up to a maximum of, of 10%. Equip mercenary henchman passive resistances have been moved to this upgrade. Equip mercenary now accepts resistance sets and enhancements. And players will be able to improve the henchman's passive resistances. Tactical upgrade. This power now grants henchmen passive ranged and AoE defenses accepts defense sets and enhancements that will boost henchman defenses and players will be able to improve the henchman's passive defensive defenses theorem power can now only be activated when targeting a mercenary and no longer be accidentally wasted by targeting a different pet like stark servant it now buffs all henchmen but the animation only plays on the main target Recharge is reduced, oh, from 1,000 seconds to 250 seconds. It no longer has a crash. And it grants strong defensive and offensive buffs that slowly decay over a minute window. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, 
gin, not sorry, serum. Um, hmm. It is unique in how it was implemented. This is a new feature that we added to the game uh, hmm. where a, an attribute can decay or grow over time. So normally when you apply a buff or you know any effect, it's static. It's like, all right, 10% debuff for 10 seconds, done. Mm -hmm. This is going to start off with a 75% damage buff for all of your pets when you first cast it. But over the 60 seconds that it plays out, it's going to slowly decline until it hits zero at the 60 second point. So it'll be a linear huh. drop off, but it's just how serum is going to work. Interesting. Cool. So pay attention, y'all. Henchmen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, their entire power was revamped. Powers have been added, adjusted, and replaced. That's what my notes say, everybody. If you got henchmen, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> For necromancy, dark blast, gloom, and life drain. The powers now have a 70% chance to summon a spectral minion to your side. The specters are temporary, lasting a maximum of 90 seconds as their health fades away by the second. The specters cannot be healed or regenerate, but have decent resistance to all damage and defense against AoE attacks. Specters cannot be commanded or upgraded, but slotting your personal attacks will improve their attack stats. And nice. each attack can only summon one specter for a maximum of three if all attacks are used. Did you say something, Chooch? No, just cool commentary. <laughs> Not helpful in the least. <laughs> Flavor. The henchmen in general powers have been adjusted for area and duration. Zombie horde can no longer be slotted with heal enhancements or sets. Grave knights can no longer be uh, slotted similarly, nor can the lich. And again, that's no longer slotted with heal enhancements or sets. Enchant Undead, henchmen passive resistances have been moved to this upgrade. Enchant Undead now accepts resistance sets and enhancements. And Lich's Petrifying Gaze has been moved to this upgrade, no longer grants life drain to the Lich. And resistances now grant mag one hold and immobilize action, as well as 50% resistance to stun, hold, immobilize. For Dark Empowerment, you can now slot healing sets and enhancements. Uh, Lich's Life Drain has been moved to this upgrade. Uh, it no longer grants Petrifying Gaze to the Lich, and slotting this power with heal enhancements will enhance Life Drain's heal. Uh, the range for Dark Empowerment was increased from 30 to 50 feet. Grants a 15% max HP, all henchmen, half enhanceable. For Soul Extraction, Recharge lowered from 600 seconds to 150 seconds. In cost lowered uh, to a half of what it was. Only works on active henchmen, not specters. We'll extract the soul from each henchman for 30 seconds before the souls vanish. Extracted souls are still linked to their bodily hosts. If the host of a soul is defeated, the soul will also be defeated. And extracted souls no longer uses phase shift and now have 13 positional defenses not enhanceable for ninja snapshot aim shot and fistful of arrows each of these attacks now grants a three percent chance for henchmen to crit for 30 seconds it does not stack from the same power but each power can stack together for up to nine percent chance if all powers are used 
for smoke fla uh, flash. Recharge increased from 90 seconds to 20 seconds. That's nice. Duration lowered from 10 seconds to 3 seconds. No longer requires a target and now hides all henchmen, providing 100% chance to crit for the squad for 3 seconds. <laughs> Uji's... What was that? More I just giggled. Sounds. Yeah. Crit, 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 crit. <laughs> we loves the crits. Uh, Kuji and Zen. Oh, sorry. Now Kuji and Shah. This power now grants uh, Kuji. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. Kuji and Shah, which is a self-heal to all ninjas. This power can be slotted with heal sets and enhancements. Those will enhance your Nina. I almost said Nina's. Your ninja's passives. This power increases ninja's chance to crit by an additional 3% at all times. Train ninja's. This power now grants plus defense passive to ninja's. This power can now be slotted with defense sets and enhancements. Those will enhance your ninja's passives. And the power increases ninja's chance to crit by an additional 3% at all times. The henchmen, all ninja's now have a chance to crit at all times. This chance starts at 0%, but can be increased via upgrades and personal attacks. Maximum crit chance outside of Smoke Flash is 15%. A drink real quick. Y'all feel free to chat for me. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll just touch on a couple things. Uh, so, kind of quick elevator pitch. What we wanted to do with this revamp was we want to make the personal blast of the Mastermind useful mm -hmm. in context with the pets and have their attacks work in tandem for smoother performance as well as for theme. So we wanted to expand, we also wanted to expand on slotting options, uh, especially mm -hmm. defensive options with the upgrades and the equips, as well as make sure that the tier sevens were really central to each set. So one of the things you're noticing is each of the attacks kind of has something special that it will do for your pets. Mm -hmm. Mercenaries, we see that uh, it does a focus fire mechanic where whatever the mastermind attacked, if the mercenaries are also attacking it, it will get a small buff to their damage. And this mm -hmm. isn't a damage strength buff, it's a, a total damage buff. So a 10% would be a true 10%. Oh. Uh, with necromancy, like I said, you have a chance to summon a spectral minion, and each attack, uh, the the minion would be tied to the specific attack. So if you use all three attacks, you can get up to three spectral minions. Uh, ninjas, uh, you, you get the crit buffs. And we're about to touch on robotics. Uh, robotics is actually going to be a 200% regen debuff, which gets pulled from uh, what the assault bot used to do. But we'll, we'll test wow. that here in a sec when we hit it in the passion of us. Awesome. Pretty cool. Alrighty, so let's see. Moving on to robotics, we've got... Pulse Rifle Blast, Pulse Rifle Burst, and Photon Grenade. These powers now apply a minus 200% regen debuff. Pulse Rifle Blast cast time lowered from 1.87 seconds to 1 second. Pulse Rifle Burst cast time lowered from, uh, again, it's uh, 1.87 seconds to 1.1 seconds. And Repair, now Maintenance Drone. Power has been replaced by... Yeah, so the power has been replaced by Maintenance Drone. It'll use its own health to heal your other robots. It can't be healed and does not regenerate HP. Once it depletes its health, it will self-destruct, dealing minor damage. This power no longer accepts endurance modification enhancements or sets. Wow. It uses your own health. 
it, it, its, its own, own health. health. Yeah. It's yeah. Own health. I was going to say, damn. I think this is pretty cool. <laughs> I thought this was really cool because with my robotics mastermind, uh, Professor Eight Ball, he would, I would just keep end up spamming repair or set it as like an auto, you know, fire because uh, I'm paranoid. And so having a little bot do it, and then I just watch for that and pop up another one when he goes down. That's pretty cool. I like it. Awesome. I've only ever yeah. done Beast Mastery Masterminds, so I didn't realize that that was one that was in. So then we've got okay. Equip Robot. Uh, passive uh, It grants passive resistances to henchmen. It can be enhanced by slotting the power with resistance sets and enhancements. Now grants repair to protector bots and can be enhanced by slotting the power with healing sets and enhancements. Henchmen cast times trimmed across the board, including personal attacks. Salt bot no longer applies. Uh, minus region. This effect is now applied by the mastermind personal attacks. Henchmen have had their list of powers revamped, adding a few new powers to improve overall damage. Protector bots summon power, no longer accepts heal enhancements, and henchmen no longer have resistances out of the box. Equip robots is needed to get them. And then we move to Battle Axe, uh, Power Order. For Brutes and Scrappers, Beheader, Chop, Gash, Buildup, Pendulum, Haunt slash Confront, Swoop, Axe Cyclone, and Cleave. For Tankers, the order is uh, Beheader, Chop, Gash, Taunt, Buildup, Pendulum, Swoop, Axe Cyclone, and Cleave. Uh, the beheader uh, now have a chance to apply a defense debuff. Chance is tied to the chance to knock down. A slight lowering of cast time. For chop, you now have a chance to apply a defense debuff. Chance is tied to the chance to knock down also. And another slight cast time lowering. Uh, another for, let's see, for gash and swoop. And also for whirling axe, they all three have gotten... Uh, Light cast time lowerings were significant for Whirling Axe. That's almost a full second. But um, And then Whirling Axe also was renamed. Uh, Whirling Axe is now Axe Cyclone. It's got new visual effects. It has a tractor effect that pulls enemies into melee range. Ooh. Sounds cool. And the cooldown is increased to 18 seconds. The damage remains unchanged. And the radius is 15 feet for all archetypes. And as I said, it, the cast time was lowered by about a full second. Pendulum changed from a cone to a targeted AOE sphere attack with a seven foot radius. Cleave is changed from a cone to a targeted AOE sphere attack with a three foot radius. And the range is increased to 40 foot, but it's not enhanceable. Fire manipulation, burn. This power should no longer summon multiple burn patches. Should now hit five enemies instead of four. Rocks should no longer trigger multiple times per target when using this power. Burn Flames should now inherit the power accuracy enhancements. Burn Flames now inherit AT classes, caps, and modifiers. And upfront damage now match all other versions. Combustions cast time lowered from 3 seconds to 2.4. Fire Sword now does pure fire damage, now grants a small defense debuff, and accepts accurate defense debuff and Defense debuff enhancements and sets. Fiery Melee's Combustion has a cast time lowering of about half a second. Her mate can now knock down foes and can be slotted with knockback enhancements and sets. 
Fire Sword now does pure fire damage. It grants a small defense debuff and accepts accurate defense debuff and defense debuff enhancements. That's Greater Fire Sword has cast time lowering of almost a full second and now does pure fire damage, small defense debuff, and also it accepts the accurate defense debuff and defense debuff enhancements and set. And Fire Sword Circle, uh, again, we see pure fire damage, accepting the small defense debuff and those enhancements and sets. Fiery Aura, Rise of the Phoenix is now Phoenix Rising. Power can now be used when alive. Can be used when alive. Yeah, this is, this is pretty exciting. I know. The effects of this power, damage, healing, and endurance will be stronger the closer the user is to death. The player power can't be used. Okay, if it if the player has more than 75% health, they can't use it. And it'll only make the player invulnerable and grant XP protection if the power is used after death. Damage is increased when used while dead relative to live. So it's giving you a boost if you're alive, but it's not going to grant you that invulnerability and XP protection. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you risk your, your cooldown not being there when you actually die, and then now you right. can't res. <laughs> right. and it's great. It's going to... Yeah, it, it was frustrating that, that uh, it's got a pretty cool, you know, um, uh, little nuke and all that, but it get used got used so infrequently because you had to go down to use it. So I really like having that option to to use it in both situations. Absolutely. And then burn. This power should no longer summon multiple burn patches. Power sh uh, should now hit five enemies instead of four. Rocks should no longer trip trigger multiple times per target. And they should now inherit the power accuracy enhancements. Um, and Burn Flames now inherits AT classes, caps, and modifiers. While under the effects of Fiery Embrace, Burn will spawn a second Burn Patch for four and a half seconds. And then Consume. Power now grants a small max HP buff even if no targets are available or hit. Power no longer needs a target to grant End Drain, end drain Protection. Um, power is now auto-hit, damage still requires a two-hit check, and it now takes healing sets and enhancements. Temperature protection. This power now grants Mag-1 knockback protection in PvE. It's strong enough to prevent most knockdowns and some weak knockback. This power now grants unenhanceable uh, regen increase. Healing Flames cast time uh, lowered from one and a half to 0.73 seconds. Fields. So if you want to, hold on a sec. Um, well, so this power set, um, when we were the, um, sorry, all these, all the fire powers, when we were playing Wednesday, when we were streaming, we had a, a viewer who was in their fire farm and just got chewed up. <laughs> said like they were endurance. like out of endurance and they were taking all this damage and stuff and so i had um and he was using briggs traditional fire farm build on on the 125 cosmic con map and so i loaded mine up 
And uh, in the background, I alt tabbed over, and you know, while we were running missions, I was basically AFK farming. And um, he stood up. He didn't wasn't taken down, and uh, had ended up did clear the map out. I had to nudge him and push him to a couple groups, but uh, survived just fine. So I'm not sure where that puts things. I uh, talked to Brig really briefly about it, and. He's he's just he's going to basically go through it all because a lot of powers are uh, uh, slottable now that didn't have slots before, so that can you know really affect uh, the build. Uh, so I don't know how much this affects farming, fire farming yet. It, it um, depends on what powers the enemies have. So if mm -hmm. they were they were using fire sword, then or greater fire sword and his fire sword circle, they all now have a defense debuff. So mm -hmm. if they're hitting you in a farm, your defense is going to start, you know, cascading, mm -hmm. and you can become very vulnerable and could drop pretty quickly. So, what farmers or designers of e farms will need to be you know, uh, paying attention to is are the powers that they currently have uh, containing these defense debuffs. If right. so, they may want to redesign it and. Just you know, not use those powers. You can still achieve a hundred percent, you know, reward rate. Uh, there's enough folks who've already provided that feedback on the forums on how to do it. He'll just need to adapt his maps to do mm -hmm. you know, that change. Cool. Right on. And then moving on to force fields, we've got force bolt, which is now repulsion boat. Bolt, not boat. <laughs> <laughs> I want a repulsion boat. I'm on a repulsion boat. <laughs> <laughs> now applies a minus 20% uh, defender values, resistance to all damage for 30 seconds. Version bubble lasts for, uh, the buff lasts for 15 seconds, allowing it to apply if you leave its radius or the toggle drops briefly. Oh, okay, Repulsion. cool. Oh so, yeah, Chooch, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because you have your J-Bot and you were talking about possibly playing it more. So I want to hear your thoughts at the end of the force fields. Uh, for Repulsion Field, re uh, combined with Force Bubble, it now includes a 25-foot radius repel aura alongside a 9-foot radius knockback aura. The larger repel area acts just as Force Bubble does. No longer drains endurance per target hit in PvE. Ooh, that's that sounds that's, really important. That's the reason I never take it. Yeah. <laughs> so you were getting an endurance drain per target when you hit folks with yeah. repulsion field. Wow. And you go bam, 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 and you go do, 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 do. So I just, I never yeah. took it since live. I've never taken it. It's also very fast activating uh, aura. So you can hit them multiple times and really start draining your endurance quickly. So if slotted for knockback to knockdown, the repel is also disabled. Ooh. Propulsion bomb now is called force bomb. Activation time lowered. Uh, wow, almost cut in half to 1.67 seconds from 3.07 seconds. Wow. Damage lowered to scale 0.6 from scale one. Gun chance lowered to 10% from 40%. Now uses vectored knockdown and now applies minus 15% defender values resistance to all damage for 30 seconds uh, force bubble is now damping bubble 
Now a click power with 90 second recharge and a 5.2 endurance cost. It summons a pseudo pet at your location that casts a 55 foot radius dampening bubble for 45 seconds. It applies a plus special resistance to yourself and allies using defender values. It's, um, and again, defender, 43.25% resistance to two hit accuracy, perception, slow recharge and regen debuffs. 21.63% resistance to defense debuffs, enhanceable with defense enhancements. It applies a minus special to a, a max of 16 enemies inside the field. Minus 43.25% on two hit slow perception and regen. Minus 23.63% for defense. The damping bubble will move to your location if summoned again during its location. I'm sorry, during its duration. That sounds like a fun little uh, little friend. Yeah, normally it's just this bubble that just follows you around, just this kind of dome. And it's a toggle, what uh, was a toggle. Um, so this will be interesting. It kind of it, it seems like it makes you a little more active because it can be a pretty passive uh, role on a team. Yeah, like once you hand out your bubbles, you're just like chilling. Right. Well, my uh, controller Jbot, yes, he's got um, a mind control as his primary, and then so yeah, on the force field, he just clicks his toggles. He's got uh, two bubbles that he passes out every now and then. And then pretty much all he does is um, is hold is you know sleepy time. <laughs> Although I do love the fears, but um, so yeah, it sounds like this will be a little more a little more active and um, more um, endurance friendly. So I'm really excited to try out Repulsion Field for once after all these years. <laughs> yeah. Did you get Jbot to fifty, or is he still lingering? I think he is 50, finally. I'll right. go back on uh, one of those notes. Yes, dispersion please. bubble. Uh, the note says dispersion buff lasts for 15 seconds. Just want to clarify, that is not how long the bubble lasts. It's the buff itself. So mm -hmm. if you go inside the bubble, it's an aura. It'll keep reapplying a buff onto you. But if you leave the bubble, you can last up to 15 seconds outside of it before that buff drops off. So it just gives you, you know, just run through it, get it. You can run around, do whatever you want, and then come back and reapply it if you like. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's really block, cool. Kids. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> and I just checked, yeah, J-Bot's a fresh 50. He's got no, uh, nothing unlocked, no 0% alpha. He's a fresh 50. <laughs> now I get it. Now I'll get a respec and uh, get to get to business. Awesome. And then we've got quality of life changes, level of availability changes. Um, let's see, primary sets for non-epic archetypes. So this is something that has most of the people I know, like screaming for mids right now, because <laughs> right. Mids, it hasn't been updating. If you have it already, it's running fine. I'm running the hell out of it. I'm not updating anything. Um, but People are respecting their characters because they're so excited to get their tier nine powers and their tier eight powers earlier that they are literally respecting their entire characters, like pages and pages of characters. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and and then not having to select the the secondary, the first tier one, one secondary. Yeah. Yeah. People are really yeah, excited to open up possibilities. 
Yeah, that's a big deal to a lot of people. I looked in both of the tier ones for me that I have on the two that I'm playing most often, Wednesday and Saturday nights. I don't, I'm, I needed those, you know, it's fine. I have no problems. They're both, uh, well, the blaster isn't, but the healer definitely, she's pain domination. She definitely wanted that first tier power, but I think it's funny that this that this one little change has everybody stopping playing and going to player management. And that is just like, <laughs> you know it's a good change. <laughs> you know it's a good change. Um, so yeah, tier 8 powers are moved. You no longer have to wait until level 26. You can select those at 22. Tier 9 powers are moved from level 32 to level 26. That's for primary. And that's the primary sets, yeah, the non-epic archetypes. So let me, can I just ask, what was the thinking on making this change? Because I love it, but I don't understand why you guys did it. The goal was to be able to, at every level, have a new power unlocked. So with your primary and secondaries, we want to make sure, okay, level one, level two, level four, etc., something new will unlock for you. The only level you'll notice with between the primary and secondary that doesn't unlock between, you know, before you hit T9 is at level 14. The level 14 is the level at which the tier three power and your pull powers will unlock. So it still kind of fits the theme. There's a new power that can unlock at every level when you're level Wow. Up. So, you know, as a quality of life, we wanted to offer up the tier two and the secondary to be available at character creation. So you can now skip the, your tier one in the secondary. And as you go all the way through to level, I believe, <clears throat> sorry, I think it ends at level 30. You can get, you know, all of your tier nines by then. Mm -hmm. And this also was going to be expanded for epic powers. Uh, the original goal was to have the tier one available at level 32 for epics instead of 35. Mm -hmm. So you would have had tier 1 at 32, tier 2 at 35, tier 3 at 38, tier 4 at 41, so on. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we kind of ran into the... Uh, what is it? The, the enemy, the villain epic pools. Oh. Those are done at 35. So I was like, oh, that's going to be kind of messy. Uh, trying to mess with that and try to get 32 to unlock for all epic pools. So it was just easier to just stick with 35 for your tier one and tier two. But we did bring the tier three up from 41 to 38. And yeah, now if you'd like, you can build a character, not pick any pull powers all the way until I believe level 49, your last pick. <laughs> there should be a primary or secondary or epic power available at every level until that point. Wow. Cool. And it's going to be so interesting to see how how people find teams are running because I know a lot of them are like, well, I'm moving maneuvers to later and I'm doing this and that and the other. You know, they're looking at leadership and and I think it's going to be really interesting to see. It's kind of like impactful changes are being made. You know what I mean? It's, gonna, it's just going to be really mm -hmm. interesting. I just I'm really excited to see how it plays out. There are definitely going to be harder decisions to make now that you have more options available to you. It's like, well, do I want my stronger power now or do I want to go ahead and take this travel power or this other power that I normally did because it was a dead pick anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. Poor decision. Sorry, guys. But we did <laughs> offer three respects to everyone. So, That's do what right. you like. <laughs> yeah. 
see. So yeah, lots. I mean, you guys, it's just so those those the tier eight and tier nines for the primary sets, and then for the secondary sets, um, again for non-epic archetypes, <clears throat> it's tier two powers moved um, from level two to level one at character creation. Uh, tier seven powers moved from twenty-eight to twenty-four. Tier eight moved from thirty-five to twenty-eight. Tier nine moved from thirty-eight to thirty. 30. Oh my gosh, get your aura mission <laughs> and then go, you know, play around with your new tier nine power. Um, and then for epic pools, tier three powers moved from 30, 41 to 38, like Popper said. That's just really exciting. A lot of people are going to be, I feel like it gives, like, it's one of those things that seems like it, it's probably a small thing for most people, but especially like for role players. I feel like that's going to be an important thing because you can even more tightly shape your character to be exactly what it is that you have envisioned for them to be. And if that didn't include taking your, you know, secondary tier one power, then you can t take something else now instead of just having to pretend like you didn't have to. Mm -hmm. It's just cool. All the flexibility folks get in this game. Um, and let's see. Hero epic archetypes. Uh, Nova moved from level six to four. I mean, there's just like all of them. They all have changes like it's quite a bit. I mean, I three, four, five, six. You'd like to read if you want to, but basically yeah. for the hero epics, um, there were a lot of powers where two things would unlock at the same level, but then there would be a dead level. So we kind of just deconflicted them. So instead of two things opening at once, we just moved one of them up. So you're just getting something new at every level with uh, the hero ATs, yeah. and for the Vs as well, it kind of follows that similar theme. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's literally like eleven changes just for the hero archetype, um, you know, the <laughs> epic. So you guys can can just play and, and discover those things. Um, and then we've got a stealth toggle exclusivity removal. Player stealth toggles, with the exception of temporary powers, are no longer exclusive. Players can now use multiple stealth toggle powers at the same time. However, the stealth radius, defense, and threat level of these powers will not stack. The strongest effect will uh, from these powers will be used, much like how travel power stacking currently works. Um, and then there's a list of powers that fall within these stealth toggle rules. Um, it's it looks like all of them. No. <laughs> Arctic Fog, Cloak of Darkness, Cloaking Device, Energy Cloak, Field Operative, Infiltration, Mask Presence, Shadowfall, Shinobi, Shinobi Eerie, Stealth, Steamy Mist, Super Speed, and Superior Invisibility. And then we've got various power changes. All Radiation, Melee, and Irradiated Ground. This power can now only proc once every 10 seconds and can accept ATOs. Call to Arms no longer grants base defense, it grants defense to all types. Edict of the Master now grants toxic, yeah, toxic defense. Sentinel Bio Armor, updated descriptions to reflect better what they do. And uh, updated description for Sentinel Shinobi Eerie. And then um, Did, um, a lot of power bug fixes too. What, baby? I didn't know if um, Bopper had any uh, info. I... Uh, I thought you mentioned that Stealth Toggle was something you'd worked on. Yeah, this was my project. Uh, I can go into any detail you like, or we can run past it. Is there anything that really sticks out to you about this? That uh... 
Well, um, that was a big this motivator. Was a request or... When travel powers were revamped uh, mm -hmm. before, you know, as you know, I-27 page two, I think travel powers also had toggle exclusivity. Right. So you can have fly on at the same time as hovering, super jump on at the same time as combat jumping. So afterwards, you were able to use them together. However, only the highest value would apply. Everything mm -hmm. else was suppressed beneath it. And so when that was done, a lot of people started asking, hey, what about stealth? Why can't you do the same thing for stealth? Well, the reason why we didn't do it right away was because uh, there's actually a bug with the implementation that was done for travel powers. Mm. So uh, I don't know how much you want to go into the nitboy details, but basically there is a stack type called suppress, which is what it's using, where mm -hmm. everything can apply on top of each other but only the highest value is used, everything else that is less than it gets suppressed. But the bug that comes up is when a suppression event happens. Now, unfortunately, they are similarly named, so this is gonna be very confusing as I talk <laughs> through it, but uh, a suppression event is when you do something or something happens to you, your effects will uh, temporarily turn off. So like if you were running around with super speed on and you attack somebody, well, now you can't have right. super speed for about four seconds. That is a suppression event that applies to your speed and it just temporarily turns it off. Well, the suppress stack type uh, does not recognize that suppression. It mm. still thinks, hey, that's the highest value. We're, that's still going to be the effect that we're going to apply. So if you had something else uh, you know, beneath it that was you know, faster than not having it, it was not being uh, brought up for use. So that's the bug that we, we have found. But for travel powers, it's not really too much of a big deal. Uh, most of the things that would pair with it uh, have similar suppression events. So everything's off anyways. And you know things like combat jumping and hover, they're not very fast. So you probably don't even notice it. And I could probably ask you now, did you know of that bug? <laughs> no. <laughs> I never even noticed it. But with stealth, if we had done the same implementation, it was definitely going to be noticed. A lot of stealth toggles, they don't all follow the same suppression event rules. So, you know, sometimes you can attack, sometimes you cannot. And, you know, if that happens and we use the same stacking type, you would not be able to switch between your stealths while all of them were active. And that would be very annoying having like three stealth toggles running and one of them turns off and the other ones aren't being used. Yeah. So, uh, it was during page four when we implemented. Uh, the, what was it, toggle suppression on uh, offensive toggles. So if you're mezzed, instead of your toggles turning off, they suppress. Yeah. Well, that implementation was done differently. It didn't use suppression events. It used a target requires. And when I saw that and how it was implemented, it's kind of a eureka moment. It's like, oh, wait, I can do this for stealth. <laughs> so instead of having suppression events, I kicked those out. I moved them to uh, target requirements or effect requirements. And then I used a cancel event to turn off a power. If you know a suppression event normally would have happened, like if you mm -hmm. attacked, instead of it suppressing, it just canceled the mod completely. Uh -huh. And when it's canceled, it's deleted. And when it's deleted, it means that suppressed stack type will know to go ahead and find the next highest and go ahead and apply it. So that workaround is what allowed us to bring Stealth Toggle exclusivity, you know, to live. Nice. Do we have any other conflicting toggles like that? 
It'll get targeted. Kind of thing. Uh, nothing that comes to mind. I mean, yeah. the, the two big ones were always the ones with travel yeah. powers, like the different kind of travel types, along with stealth. Yeah. Now there are some known bugs. Uh, it's unfortunate they just came up. You know, as usual, everything can, gets revealed after it goes live. But <laughs> sure. Um, I, I I'll be working on those and try to get them out. But I don't know when the next patch is going to go out. So. Unfortunately, anything that may have had the exact same stealth radius, if they're on at the same time, it may glitch on you and sometimes mm. turn off unexpectedly. So it stinks. I'm sorry. Mm. I wish I did better. I'll do better next time. <laughs> well, this is still way better than not having. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think anybody's going to be salty about it because of all the stuff you guys have, like, given us and how hard you're working and you know this stuff is not an exact science so well, you know what? L let me address one thing that people will be salty about um, Please. so super speed is included in this now in the past super speed was always able to stack with other stealth toggles so we have uh. now grouped them together so they no longer stack together so that is a nerf and you know not everyone's going to be happy so that was most of the negative feedback we got on this change so just to address that. it this was a tough call for us to make um by having the stealth toggle exclusivity removed this meant infiltration had a conflict with its suppressed stack type because mm. previously it was already using a suppressed stack type with super speed so if you had infiltration and super speed on at the same time uh, their stealths did not stack right when we now unlocked all the other stealth toggles to be on with infiltration, we can't, you know, have it both ways. So either everything needed to be grouped together, or we had to pull infiltration and super speed out and have them both be allowed to stack with the other stealth toggles. And we felt that having both the stealth power and infiltration be able to stack with each other just be too strong from one pool. I mean, that's. But, mm. you know, I, I won't do math in public, but it's it's a pretty high speed or a pretty high stealth radius of yeah. the same pool from two powers. Uh, but still, we, we kind of dug deeper, looked at, you know, what's the history on why does super speed even stealth effect? No other travel powers have, you know, an additional effect. Right. So this kind of goes way back, possibly even in you know, the original beta days, because super speed used to have the defense effect. And I guess the reason for that was it's a little bit more dangerous running around on the ground level, running through enemies yeah, uh, with that type of travel power. So they had initially provided defense effect to mitigate that. But really with all the testing that was done, there was nothing that actually showed that running through at your super speed uh, you know, got the AI to pay enough attention to you to make you put you into danger. Right. So, uh, when they took defense away and kind of threw stealth in as, you know, kind of threw them a bone, that, that was it. I mean, it was just more throwing a bone into it. And yeah. I don't know, it, it never truly made sense that they got it, but we're not going to take it away. We're going to keep stealth with it. Mm. We're still going to be able to use super speed how it was before, but we will. We decided it was best to just go ahead and bump it in with the others, remove the stacking capability, but keep its you know 
the stealth effect it's had for you know the history of the game right and how does that work now because super speed has that what is it intangibility toggle so you like phase yeah phase shift through things right yeah so that's different it it is yeah it's it's a separate power that you can while super speed is on and it allows you to run through objects but it, it won't apply here gotcha Ooh. very cool so i think we move on then to power bug fixes which there are it looks like what about a dozen of them i'm not i don't think i'll go well fuck it i'm gonna go ahead in for a penny in for a pound right I'm gonna read <laughs> um let's see um uh, let's see so power bug fixes controller symphony control impassioned serenade removed an extra 25 second delay from confuse effect Dominator Sonic Assault Shriek can no longer be used while mezzed. Hey, that's that makes sense. I'm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, that <laughs> Same thing for Dominator Sonic Assault Scream. I feel like I should have been playing those if you could attack stuff while mezzed. Yeah, you can guess which uh, AT we copy and paste it from. <laughs> I think I can. <laughs> so we have Earth Control Stalagmites. Endurance cost is fixed. Um, enhancement, coercive persuasion, uh, contagious confusion. Added a five, se- a point. Sorry, that's a big difference. A point five <laughs> second delay to confuse proc should allow some time for confuse effects from the slotted power to apply prior to checking for the spreading confusion proc. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Can I jump in there for a sec? So sure. th- this one it ties to uh, the first bug that you read off for with the impassioned serenade. Uh, it was discovered that the way Contagious Confusion was working, um, I don't know if everyone knows how, how this proc works, but basically you have to confuse the target or to have a chance to spread. Mm. And what Impassioned Serenade, it, it had a delay on this confuse. Um, in the case of Controller, it actually had two delays, so that we removed one of them. But it does have a delay and there is a reason for it. But because it was delayed to apply a Confuse, if you slotted the Contagious Confusion into that power, it would never work. Because it would fire, it would check for the proc before you even apply the Confuse. And because it's not Confused, it won't go off. Mm. So we decided just, we'll give it a half second delay. That should be enough buffer for any future proofing, you know, if we do delayed Confuses down the road, it should still be able to work for you as long as we keep it within that half-second delay. Wow. That's a great fix. Um, Let's see. Prestige Utility, Renewal of Light, and Return to Battle. These powers now share a recharge group and should no longer cause doubly long cooldowns when used. That used to drive me crazy, too. Doesn't seem like it should take this long. Yeah, that was a silly one. It would um, it's like an order of operations on the tick level, and mm. it would basically apply the recharge twice, and yeah, you get double the cooldown. <laughs> and really, we already had the capability to use recharge groups, so we should have been doing it from the beginning. So we just gone ahead and applied it. Now it works, you know, like a charm. If procs from bombardment, sudden acceleration, and power transfer are no longer boostable. Yeah, so basically, um, with this one, 
proxy shouldn't be able to uh, enhancement boost because it wouldn't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't buff the proc with you know plus one, plus five, etc. Uh, so these ones were just missed. They're, they're newer power, uh, sorry, newer enhancement sets, mm-hmm. and it was just overlooked. So we went through and gone ahead and fixed it. So you can't accidentally waste an enhancement booster on these proc enhancements. Nice. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Munitions Mastery, Freeze Ray. Tintable version effects now always fires from the correct point of the rifle. <laughs> it's the little things, right? <laughs> <laughs> For Mastermind Traps, Web Grenade, this power should now accept slow enhancements. That'll help. Um, Sentinel, Bio Armor, Rebuild DNA, Offensive Adaptation now grants an increase to Perception and Resistance to Perception. Efficient Adaptation now grants additional Endurance. Temporary Powers, Nullifier, all versions are now disabled in the PvP arena. And we're moving on to character customization improvements, unless there's anything else y'all wanted to talk about. Um, the powers and gameplay adjustments. There's a lot there. No? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 nothing to me. Uh, character customizations is a huge section, too. Holstered weapon system. So the holstered custom weapons for Arachnos, Assault, Munition, Mercenary, Mastermind Rifles. Um, So characters with those rifles now have access to the option to display their character's rifle model on their costume. Controlled via a toggle button next to the weapon, just like sheathed custom weapons. Remaining ranged weapon sets will be added to the holstered weapon system in a future update. That's got a lot of people really excited. Uh, custom weapon adjustments and fixes. Arachnos rifles renamed from A, B, C to rifle, SMG, and shotgun to better describe what they look like. Fixed an issue where mercenary mastermind rifles were missed for the firing point desync fixes. Sorry, desync fixes. Wave 2 Ether prestige rewards. Um, let's see, uh, Ether Prestige Costume Additions and Updates. The Prestige Costume Icons have been simplified. There are now only four, and they correspond to the tier slash rarity of the costume. Tier 1 is Common or White. Tier 2 is Uncommon Yellow. Tier 3 is Rare Orange. Tier 4 is Very Rare Purple. Okay, so mode has been dropped from the names of costumes that change based on the body type of the user, and they no longer incur a price increase on the Benevolabs vendor. Costumes that change based on the user's body type have been noted in in Benevolab vendors' offerings and in the custom powers descriptions. Some specific prestige costumes have had sheathed slash upholstered weapon displays enabled on them for specific body types. This means your normal costume's body type must match the costumes in order for the weapon to display. The type that inherits is noted in the description. Costumes that are compatible have been noted in the Benevolab vendor's offerings and in the custom powers descriptions. And then it shows us a little a little screen that says this costume will change depending on your character's body type, or this costume will display sheathed holstered weapons on all body types. Cool. Look for these on the vendor if you're interested. No surprises. 
Yeah. Keep it simple. <laughs> stupid. For us stupids. <laughs> uh, I was playing with that the other day, and I'm really excited to actually earn some ether, enough ether to buy something. <laughs> <laughs> I want all my minis. My yeah. Mini of each, yes, mini, miniature of each character. <laughs> oh, my God. Like the rest of your life, baby, to be gathering ethers. Um, so let's see. The two Vanguard costumes are now considered Tier 1 and match all standard specifics of that tier. The missing Wave 1 Tier 1 costumes that changed based on the body type have been enabled and priced at 10 Prismatic Ether Salvage each. Uh, there's 41 new Wave 2-Tier 1 costumes that have been added to the selection. Uh, for Tier 2 Legacy Costumes, the Tier 2 Costumes have been enabled, priced at 100 Prismatic Ether. So Tier 1 is 10 each. Tier 2 is 100 each. Yeah, 10 each. And then, uh, so for Tier 2, the Costumes feature discontinued appearances. Initial Wave 1 Tier 2 Costume Offerings can be found on page, Issue 27, Page 4's Patch Notes. And Costume Legacy Circle Mage has been renamed to Costume Legacy circle ruin mage there are five new wave two tier two prestige costumes <clears throat> that have been added and uh, for the tier three premium costumes and effects uh, those are priced at 250 prismatic ether particles each and it features rewards that can change or enhance the looks of your costumes Rewards are advanced customization offerings that are limited for social and or game performance reasons. And again, this is tier three. Effect powers are their own category of costume enhancement and only one can be active at a time, but they can be used at the same time as a costume uh, power. Uh, the pop menu accolade disable costumes option will disable these effect powers. As of issue 27, page 5's release, there are three tier 1 rewards featured. Costume mini mode that featured in last page's notes and makes your costume's model very small. Mini mode costume cannot be used in PvP. And then effect ghost, which makes your model transparent and adds spectral glow. Scent of the glow can be customized and the transparency turned off in the power customization menu. That is so cool. Effect shadow, which darkens your model's lighting and adds glowing eyes. Scent of the eyes uh, are customizable or the eyes turned off in the power customization menu. Tier 4 deluxe costumes, 1500 prismatic ether each. This tier features costumes that have bizarre looks and oddities you won't see elsewhere. As of page 5's release, the first offered Tier 4 costumes will be Costume Undefined Mode, which was formerly named Mode Costume Blobby. <laughs> Another will be made available in a few months. Costume Undefined Mode automatically comes with Costume Mini Undefined Mode for free when purchased. <laughs> I love Very that. cool. The mini version of this costume cannot be used in PvP, and the costume's functionality has been upgraded. It now inherits various elements from your normal costume when used, making it possible to create some interesting and unique looks with it. There are seasonal <laughs> prestige. Uh, does anybody want to talk about any of those? I was just going to say that on the stream and um, in the patch notes, there are actually pictures for all of these. 
uh, pictures of all the new costumes, pictures of the, the mini mode, pictures of the ghost effects and all that. But you, uh, if you're only listening to the podcast, uh, you can go check out. Highly recommend you go look at the pictures. They are awesome. Then we get into the seasonal prestige costume editions. Um, they are now considered tier one and match all standard specifics of that tier. Two new Halloween prestige costume rewards have been added to the various Halloween salvage vendors, priced at 10 prismatic, prism, 10 prismatic ether particles plus 50 of each Halloween salvage type. Wow. So costume ancient vampire and costume arisen mummy. Those are such cool costumes. Yeah, I love the oh, mummy model. <laughs> so that'll be so to get. You already got it. No, I just mean well. We've been fighting him while we trick or treat, and I just yeah. oh, love how the mummy time. looks. Yeah. Yeah. So it's ten prismatic aether particles and fifty of each Halloween salvage type to get those. Oof. A lot of trick-or-treating. Luckily, people are trick-or-treating around the clock right now. <laughs> At least on Homecoming Excelsior. For prestige costume fixes. Fixed an error with costumes using player beast standard movement animations, not using the correct set. Male Eidolons. Eidolons? Eidolons? Costume having an extra boot? <laughs> an extra... An extra boot? So he still had two feet, but an extra boot? Missing belt on Nemesis Lieutenant costume. I would imagine. Finally! God damn. No, just kidding. I bet that, um, that, I bet you can run faster in that costume without the. <laughs> Give a speed boost. <laughs> like a three man, three legged race. Yeah. But you only have two legs. So it's going to slow you down. So let's see. <laughs> we also have various additions and enhancements. Badges. There's badge changes. The Womp Womp badge for defeating immature. Aragon Protectors has been renamed to Ankle Biter. <laughs> uh, vanity Pets additions and updates. Three new Vanity Pets offered by Luna, corresponding to the various City of Heroes retail release anniversary months. These pets will be available for purchase each year during these months. During uh, May, the City of Heroes anniversary uh, pet mini statesman Vanity Pet Power for 2004 <laughs> reward merits. I love that. Even the number of reward merits is awesome. Sorry. Right. November City of Villains <laughs> anniversary pet mini Lord Recluse vanity power for 2005 reward merits. That's awesome. And then August going rogue anniversary pet mini tyrant vanity pet power for 2010 reward merits. <laughs> and they are just adorable. I haven't I haven't looked at the pictures of those yet. I didn't realize those. I didn't get this deep into the the, sh the notes by myself. <laughs> Let's see. Pet Mini Hero One Vanity Pet Power has been added to the Vanguard Crafting Table offerings under Vanity Pets, priced at ten thousand Vanguard merits. <laughs> All older Vanity Pets have been given the improved movement speed that the newer Vanity Pets received, which should help keep them. Which should help them keep up with their owners. The naming scheme for vanity pets has been standardized to pet colon name. Like prestige costumes, vanity pets will also now display on a character's info window so players with large collections can show them off. I um I shared my screen real fast if you want to see the the mini 
pets. I need your reaction to the pets. Oh my god. Like so a little cute. recluse. Honest to God, watching our grandson running around right now with a Superman costume, this is like I There's kind of need Spider-Man, yeah. I kind of need him. What did I say? Superman. Superman, yes, yeah, Spider-Man, sorry. But I really like this is what he looks like in those. I love that it looks like a little kid in a car. Right. Now you can have your characters look like that. Those are so awesome. Hero one. So yeah, you can get a mini hero one for 10,000 Vanguard merits. Well, now you guys have something to spend those Vanguard merits on. <laughs> there are new um, emotes, proliferated emotes, slash EM space Neil 2, Neil 3, Neil 4, and Neil 5. And that's K-N-E-E-L, not the name Neil. The, uh, the pose Neil. <laughs> um... When setting up an arena match under arena options, there are now four more options listed under more options, including no passive resist bonuses, no incarnates with alpha slot enabled, no incarnates with alpha slot disabled, and sudden death tiebreaker phase. Uh, it defaults to off. Uh, rated matches will now also function properly, meaning not forcing any arena options. You may need to set up the <laughs> arena options you want before clicking the rated button, however. <clears throat> so for super group bases, we've got some new items, a basic reclamator for the raid and resurrection circle raid base items, which allow for attackers during sub, nope, during super group base PVP to revive at those locations rather than at the super group entrance portal. Uh, we've got some task updates and adjustments, removed badge requirements that prevented Praetorians from running arcs from Ambassador, Direct, and Johnny Sonata and Ouroboros. Imperious, uh, Imperious Task Force, Advanced Difficulty. Vandal <laughs> is now using more advanced AI and should be no longer prone to go on running away sprees. Vandal's ambush now spawns closer to the player's team's location meaning he should arrive sooner and be less prone to getting lost on his way there. And when Nictus Romulus escapes to the chamber of the Emperor, he will take any living barrier novas with him. <laughs> and Mage's Task Force. All of the defeat objectives in Mission 2 must now be cleared in order for the mission to complete. That's fair. For enemy group updates and adjustments, Arachnos fixed an issue that was causing Lord Recluse to only use Spider Strike when specifically between 50 to 25 HP instead of any time below 50%. And the, the eye glow effects on Crab Spider and Bane Spider NPCs has been improved. Bearing Earth fixed an error with the Dr. Aeon Strike Force Devoured's tentacles not being tinted the right color. For Hero Core, the Major has been given powers and is no longer incapable of defending himself against players. Nice. For Trolls, the Skyway City's Super Troll Ravers have paid for Paragon City's finest facial reconstruction plastic surgeons, and now their heads do not morph wildly while they are moving. <laughs> <laughs> they are free to rave uninhibited until heroes come to stop them. <laughs> 
And then of course we have city zone updates and adjustments. Atlas Park has added the seasonal map switchover. We have our beautiful pumpkins everywhere. The October Halloween variation of Atlas Park should now be active. In November, it should automatically transition to the autumn map variant. In December, it should automatically transition to the winter map variant. And in January, it should return to the standard non-seasonal map variant. Well, that's what I have for the patch notes. Did, is, wow. Is, is there more? That's <laughs> them. Wow, so many changes. And I know that, I know folks are like, oh, we were hoping for new content. This was a lot. This was a huge amount of fixes. And we the just got and new. adding the new power, the, huh? I was just saying, we just got new content in page four. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <clears throat> very, very cool. That's, um, yeah. Really great changes. I think they're great changes overall. You know, people always, you know, people always take issue with things no matter what. The internet exists. <laughs> but uh, I think they're pretty cool. I think you should be proud, Bopper. No, I'm, I'm definitely proud of this. Yeah. I, I hope, uh, you know, more people like it than not. And we're just going to keep trying to do our best and make the game as well as we can. I think people are definitely liking it. You've definitely got people back in and playing. You know, they're respecking. They're playing ITFs again. You know, they're doing all kinds of stuff. And, and you've definitely, they'll definitely have got some um, some brains working, some minds going, and some new character concepts are happening too. So we do. Job. We yeah. appreciate y'all so much. For real. Happy to provide. <laughs> so what do you, can I, if I could ask, what do you like playing the most when you log in just to play, not to do programming? What do you like to, what do you like to play? I like playing a bit more casually. So I, I really like going with the anchor, I like just jumping in, you know, the ruckus mm -hmm. and let them all come to me. And I just, you know, punch heads for a while and know that I could stand up to it. So that's usually my go-to but for that i'd say defenders I, I do like playing support i like you know doing debuffs and you know make the team stronger as well so those those are kind of my two mains very fun all right any uh parting shots from you bopper anything you want to promote? no thanks for having me on it was a lot of fun and uh i hope the inside details were uh helpful I find it fascinating, so, you know, who cares if anybody else... No, just kidding. <laughs> I think the great... The, these insights are really great. I, I think it's really cool. Uh, yeah. I think it's real, real extra service to the community. All right. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, like we said, we are no longer doing our... Uh, we're no longer doing scheduled City of Heroes episodes... Uh, which we were attempting to do bi-weekly and failing miserably. But we will be doing new episodes when uh, we have patch notes like this. And you never know, we may have the occasional interview or something drop in as well. You can always catch us streaming on twitch.tv slash vividmuse. We do vivid... Sorry. Excuse me. I don't want to speak for Viv. <laughs> we do wins. <laughs> we do streams on Vivid Muse's channel. Do you want to tell us about your streams, Viv? 
Um, well, you were doing great, but uh, <laughs> yeah. The Wednesday nights at 7.30 Eastern, myself and Chooch and our friend Trauma Train Rich, who Rich says hi, Bopper. Hi, Rich. <laughs> uh, we team up and we do Red Side only. We do Wicked Wednesdays where we play only Red Side missions. We pause our XP earning and we try to touch every single contact. We try to get all of, as much of the dialogue as we can. You can't get all of it, but you can get a lot of it. And so that's what we're doing so that we can kind of, you know, we missed this game for a thousand years. Maybe it was seven. I'm not sure. I didn't look and add it up, but it felt like a thousand years. And for the first two years, we just played, 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 worried that it was going to be taken away from us. And now it's like, okay, well, I don't remember these storylines. I don't remember this. I don't remember that. So we're going through and we're reading everything. Um, and that's Wednesday nights for Red Side. Our blue side night is usually Saturday night, but right now we are running gold side campaign. We are, let's see, on Wednesday nights, we're like level 29. On uh, Saturday nights, we do hero, uh, we do gold side, which is myself and Chooch, and again, Trauma Train Rich, and another streamer and player named Grablaja. And um, going, I, I did that on blue side night on our hero night because I didn't realize just how dark the gold side gets. <laughs> so, it's more of a purple night than a blue night, but you right. know, yeah, when we hit 20, if we continue these characters up to 50, then we will go to blue side. Um, but we do that every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern on my channel. And it's a lot of fun. We usually do readings and stuff in the beginning of the night. And then later in the night, we will switch to community stuff and just invite people to teams and smash around. And and that's usually on um, Excelsior server on home. I think so. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I stream other games too, but we're only here to talk about City of Heroes. So that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. So those are our... We're not, we're not number crunchers. We're casual players and stuff like that. So... I can't talk about what takes 0.25 seconds to recharge and that stuff. I can't talk to that level, but I'll talk all day with you about your character build, about your character <laughs> being created and written a backstory about all that stuff. And a lot of fun, though. We sure do love this game still. Absolutely. Cool. So that's all the news from us, and uh, we will catch you some next time. <laughs> well, that was solid. Right? Well We'll catch you someday in the future. When there's batch notes to read. All right. There's something else fun. <laughs> As always, thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for your reviews on iTunes and Spotify and those. It really helps people find the show. And uh, this just great community. Thanks again to all of the devs. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Good hunting heroes and villains. Praetorian. <laughs> this podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or Homecoming servers. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes.